we're starting to see people really recognize how diverse voices actually improve the way decisions are made and actually help funds improve their performance we've seen that for a fact with women women founded and women led businesses as well so i definitely want to see much more of that um or much more equity much more diversity in fund managers um but also the kinds of funds and the way people invest Welcome to Shoka's podcast. I'm Jessica Espinosa and this is Shifting Capital, the podcast that connects you with the most innovative fund managers, entrepreneurs and investors from around the world. Today I'll be talking to Kalsum Lakani and Ms. Banakwi, co-founders and general partner at Ida Eye Ventures, a venture capital firm that invests in early stage technology enabled startups solving big problems in Pakistan. Both have worked with startups in Pakistan for over a decade and are excited by dynamic and audacious founders. Kalsum is the founder of Invest to Innovate, a pioneer company in the startup space that runs a flagship program, the Ida Eye Accelerator, which has graduated 47 startups that have gone on to raise over $9.5 million and create over 2,000 jobs since 2012. Kalsum has trained entrepreneurs and worked with ecosystem players globally, including in Nepal, Cambodia, Bangladesh, and Vietnam. She has spoken on entrepreneurship and investing in Pakistan and a number of firms, including SXSW, Aspen Ideas Festival, the World Economic Forum, and the Global Entrepreneurship Congress. MISPA has over 20 years of global experience in finance, development, fintech, and impact investing. She was previously head of market development at a US-based fintech startup. She led the company expansion to a number of markets, including South Africa, Kuwait, Pakistan, India, UAE, Nigeria, and Jordan. Mispa spent a number of years at Acumen Pakistan in USA and at Citibank Pakistan. So welcome, Kalsum and Mispa. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So tell us more about uh, the investment strategy of I2I Ventures and the audacious founders that you back. Um, sure. So I think for us, Jessica, the idea is to look for big opportunities in a market like Pakistan, which is exciting to begin with. But I think where we are today in the in the startup ecosystem and in this presenting these investment opportunities, it's a really exciting time to be here. So we're looking at uh, audacious founders that are solving big problems in Pakistan that are looking to leverage uh, all that Pakistan offers, being the fifth largest market, very large youth population, over 90 million smartphone users, increasing adoption of technology, um, and um, and a lot going on really in that, that, that they can actually focus on. So I think in terms of the problem that they're looking to solve, those, that's what we're looking for. Um, I think in the founders themselves, uh, you know, we look for people that are that are curious, like audacious that you already said, um, and that are uh, open to feedback and are looking to grow as well. Um, and, and that they have a vision and they have uh, sort of a, a really good idea of what it is that they want to build uh, and that where someone where we can come and actually work with them to help them with that. 
Yeah, I think that, you know, our strategy is we're, we're very, our sweet spot is seed stage. So it's very early on in a company's journey. Um, but that's really based off our experience where we provide or can provide the most value. And I think that's why like audacious founders is like a really important keyword for us, because obviously that early on in that journey, um, you know, you have to be thinking big, but also you have to be thinking courageously and and bravely in a lot of ways, but also to Mispa's point, um, being able to take constructive criticism, to be curious, all of those things are traits that we find to be very important. And obviously that's also based off of, you know, we've had 10 years of experience with our sister entity working with founders. So there's been so much knowledge that has been kind of ingrained into the DNA of our strategy now, as well as like our last year and a half investing that's also informed our strategy too. Yeah, it's actually a really interesting story how you started with the accelerator and then now launching your own fund. Can you talk a bit more about the experience that you've had with the accelerator? Sure. So I founded Invest to Innovate um, 10 years ago now. So in 2011, when the Pakistan startup ecosystem was in its very early days, there wasn't much happening back then. So we launched an accelerator program in the country before maybe acceleration was even a thing. To be honest, it was back in 2012. We were the first startup accelerator program, but whether or not Pakistan was ready for it, that's now the case. But it took we were building the market in front of us. So many of us that were operating there. Um, so we've gone so much beyond our flagship program, Jessica. So we've have our flagship accelerator program, but that the, the value and the success of that program has actually allowed us to expand our impact outwards. So we do partnerships with players like Facebook. We have a partnership with the world bank under the women's entrepreneurial finance initiative. That's training about 300 women led companies. Um, in Pakistan, we've trained about 40 incubators and accelerators now in the region, um, built out a research arm of our work. So all that to say is that we've had a lot of ground level experience in Pakistan as well as in the region, but really in Pakistan of just working with founders, super hands-on in their journey. And we continue to stay in touch with them even now from an investment perspective. I mean, what's been amazing even, and we'll talk about this, but even in our portfolio, like um, we've had companies that graduate from the accelerator a couple of years ago, but because those relationships are so strong and we are so founder driven, um, that's really allowed us uh, avenues into investing into those companies now later on in our journey. Very cool. Thanks for sharing. So one aspect I'd like to dive a little bit deeper into is at Ida Eye Ventures, you don't just write a check. You also support your portfolio companies in growing their business to the next level. What does this hands-on investment approach look like in practice? What kind of challenges are your entrepreneurs facing and how do you support them? Um, so obviously, you know, the experience that we've had with our sister entity kind of gives us an additional muscle that most venture capital funds don't have in the market. Um, what we have, I think our biggest, um, I guess, muscle or the biggest thing that we have at our disposal is our research team that we have on our sister entity. And actually what's been really great is to see beyond our research team, helping to provide like evidence-based support to the type of markets that we look at or the second that we look at with the fund. They also provide hands-on support to our portfolio companies as well. So like user insights, data, focus groups, surveys, all the things that are really important early on, anytime in a company's journey, but really early on when you need those insights to drive your product roadmap, your marketing strategy, um, you know, adjusting yourself really early on. A lot of people don't have that research capability. And because we have that, that tends to be one of the best things that we can deploy to our companies. We also help on higher 
hiring, um, you know, helping them like think through their hiring strategy as well as like CVs and people that they're sending their way. Um, we, Ms. Ben, I have a lot of operator experience ourselves. So we provide a lot of hands-on um, hands-on support to the companies as and when they need it, um, as well as the fact that we have like a very big network of people that we can leverage for the support of our companies too. And our goal, Jessica, is to be there for strategy support uh, and provide help as and when needed, but not necessarily be too closely involved or be helicopter investors. Uh, so what we like to do is, you know, be there. We, we, we help set parameters of where, you know, what we can help with uh, so that it's clear to the, to the founders where they can come to us, but also just if they want to listen, if they just want to chat and they want to someone to talk to and, and, and just, you know, throw ideas around, we're always there. Uh, in cases where we have been a lead investor or where it allows for it, we have also been on the board of some of our companies. Uh, in most cases, we're on the board. If not, we like to have a board observer seat so at least we can be involved and understand what's happening. Um, but even if it's not there, even if that formal structure is not in place, uh, we're very, we work very closely with our, with our uh, portfolio companies as they grow. You focus on startups in the tech sector or with tech-enabled business models. So as a VC, you see a lot of startups come up in this space. What are some of the innovations and trends that you currently observe in the tech sector? I think overall, the when we think about Boxon and consumption, I think overall, like the consumer class is growing pretty significantly. Smartphone penetration is growing significantly. I think we have like one of the lowest price data packages in the world. So just generally adoption is increasing a lot. So even though we oftentimes say that Boxon is the fifth largest market in the world, and it is um, based on population, but addressable market was, you know, it was, it wasn't as large because of some of those technological things that have now significantly started to change. And I think with some of the regulatory changes that have happened with the state bank and the SECP, the Securities and Exchange Commission at Pakistan, a lot of those things are allowing and building the rails for sectors that we had not seen before, right? So with the financial technology space, we're seeing the rails being built and as a result, seeing adoption change as well. Um, I think what we saw with the pandemic is that a lot more people got comfortable with um, buying online, shopping online, all of those things that whereas before and still trust is still very much baked in into a lot of these things in terms of the lack of trust. Um, but I think overall we saw adoption increase. And so I think what's interesting Interesting is that we're seeing overall most sectors push for digitization and we're seeing innovations happen in pretty much every sector. What I would say is really interesting right now is that there is a lot of mimicry happening in Pakistan and in compared to in comparison to other emerging markets. So I would say that Pakistan is like maybe 10 years behind India and we're maybe five years behind Indonesia at this point. But those are markets that what we're seeing are models that are coming up there that are mimicking and coming into Pakistan as well. So what's really exciting is we're seeing, um, you know, we have comps to look at, right? So we're actually saying, okay, this was the trajectory of this company in Indonesia um, or this company in Egypt, and it's now happening in Pakistan because of where the market is moving. And so um, what's exciting is that there's a lot of things to invest in, and there's a lot of opportunities that are there. But I think that um, the comparables that exist also kind of help us as early investors really be able to see what the, what the road looks like, um, especially when it's happening for the first time in our market. 
Yeah, and just to add to that, I think what's also exciting is like Kusum said, it's not just a copy paste model, but it's actually adapting something that may have worked in another market for Pakistan. Uh, so it's it's a homegrown uh, sort of solution that is being looked at, but it's also something that has been proven to some extent in other markets. So as investors, we're able to look at comparables, but also as entrepreneurs, the founders are able to lean on others' experience. And in a lot of cases, we've seen them reach out to people in other markets and be really proactive about engaging with them, understanding what founders in their space in a different market went through and learning through that experience. So I think we're seeing it both on the investment side in terms of comparables, but we're also seeing founders actively reach out to others in markets that are similar to Pakistan or that have been earlier than us in some sectors uh, and gain from that knowledge. Um, and I think that's that's really exciting as well. Um, I think the other thing that we're starting to see is that founders with experience are, are coming into the startup space. So it's not necessarily people that are fresh out of college, but it's uh, it's people that have some business experience or they may be in their second startup or they may have worked, worked in another startup earlier that are bringing a lot more experience and understanding and maturity to the table. And I think that's also really exciting and it's pushing uh, forward the kinds of business models that we're seeing and the kind of creativity we're seeing in the Pakistan market. What advice do you have for young women in Pakistan and the world who are considering to start their own tech-enabled business? Um, I think the first thing that I would say is don't be afraid to dream big because the, the bigger you dream, the, the more room you'll have to grow into it. Um, I think it is, it's a challenging space. Uh, so, so you have to have that tenacity and, and you have to sort of dig in your heels and really work towards what your vision or your dream is. Uh, but also look around you for enablers, for people that can support you. That could be friends or family. It could be mentors. It could be others that have been in a similar situation because it can be a really lonely journey. And so if you surround yourself with people that are supportive, either personally or professionally, I think it'll be really helpful for you as you grow. Um, and I think um, the last thing I would say is, is really believe in yourself. I think it comes full circle because uh, I believe women can do anything. And I believe young women um, are, are, are super um, sort of inspired uh, right now. And they're doing a lot of really interesting things. So I think, um, you know, those are some of the things that I would say. Um, and I'll let Kusum add as well, because I could go on for a while. No, those are really important things for someone to consider. Um, so maybe practical things as well are um, also to say that, you know, when you're starting out, like it's really easy to kind of get wrapped up in your own head of what you think is going to be like the, what your business is going to look like. The very first thing that I always say is, is write down um, most of the things that are in your head are actually assumptions, right? They're not actually proven fact. So the quicker you can write down all those assumptions, write it down on paper and go out and test it. And when I say go out and test, go speak to who those customers are, go speak to your early adopters, get proof that there's actually value in what you want to create and that people are willing to buy it. So from a very practical piece of advice, it's go out and do your research, go out and speak to your end user, know who your end user is going to be, because the better you know that end user, the more you can outcompete whoever else is out there. Um, and then really focus on execution, right? I think sometimes like we get so carried away um, a lot of times 
times with women, especially, and I say this as women fund managers, um, you know, there's a lot of attention right now and rightfully so that's being placed towards female founders and female fund managers, but don't rest on that, right? Don't let that be your crutch to actually go out and be the best, right? And that means not like just winning awards or, or fellowships or things like that, which are all great for, for your journey in a lot of ways, but actually focus on out-competing um, and be best at execution because that's ultimately what matters at the end of the day. And for us as investors, that's what matters to us and the founders that we invest in. Thank you so much. That's really great advice and also very practical, especially for those who are just getting started on their journey. Thank you. Yeah. So here's a question I really want to ask both of you. Who inspires you? Um, yeah, I mean, I think probably well, I'll first and foremost say this and I won't, and I really mean it. I think Mispa actually does inspire me a lot as my partner. Um, we're very different personalities and in, in a really good way. So I think that she kind of forces me to stop and think a lot more than maybe I would normally, um, in a really positive, constructive way. Um, so I would say Miss first. Uh, and then I would also say that there's just so many amazing female investors that we've been so lucky to meet recently that we're surrounded by, but also male investors that have been advisors to us, um, you know, that have been so amazing and just taken time and, and advise us and, and want, don't want us to make the same mistakes as them. So I feel genuinely so inspired by, by them, by people who are um, investors that aren't business as usual, that are making making us feel really validated on our journey because we're not in venture capital to be business as usual. So, um, you know, I'm someone who tends to have, I tend to, I tend to have, uh, to be a super fan of a lot of people. And, um, those are, those are some of them are some of the, the amazing VCs that we've met, um, both in the, in community as other women, but also some of the men that I've, I've really looked up to that have taken time to give us advice and support. Um, and I would say Kalsum, so I was, I was going <laughs> to say Now you have to say me. <laughs> now I have to say it. Um, no, but honestly, I think, um, like you said, we, we, we make a really good team because we really do inspire each other. And for me, like seeing what she's built in the last decade, like she's, she's the perfect example of the kind of founder I want to work with. And getting to work with her every day is like a, is 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 a is I'm, something that I'm grateful for because I I learned so much from her having had that experience and then being who she is and the way she looks at the world uh, is really inspiring to me and and I'm trying to be more like her as well even though we do complement each other really well um, for me I would also say the founders that we work with or that we come across are super inspiring um, Pakistan is a country where very often there's not a lot that's going well uh, or going in the right direction. But when I meet uh, young people that are that are, have uh, visions and dreams and they're actually following them and they're actually executing on something that is making a difference in society, that really inspires me. And then getting to work with them is, is actually just a, a boon. It's like, it's a plus point on top of all of that. Uh, so I would say that I think the, the, the people that we work with and the founders that we come across um, are, are inspire me as well, because um, you know, it, it's, it's an honor to be able to work with them and support them on their journey. Uh, they're the ones that are doing all the hard work. So I think that is, that is something that, that inspires me on, on a regular basis and makes me want to do my job better so I can help serve them. Very cool. So it's great to hear us too, Jessica. You're part of that group. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's really great to hear that. It's, um, I mean, what you mentioned about inspiring each other, I think that's so important when also when you think about the kind of team that you're building, right? And 
and who to bring on board as partners to look for people who are who complement you but who also inspire you and and help you become better and i'm i'm also really um really happy actually to hear that you have met so many inspiring investors who are supportive and who think out of the box i think that's super important as well yeah we've been really lucky yeah. So thinking about the, the future and your vision, where would you like to see the, the broader investment industry by 2030? What's the kind of change you would like to see in the coming years? Um, I, I think, uh, I mean, we, I can talk about Pakistan and then more broadly speaking as well. I, I definitely think diversity and, and more uh, women, people of color, uh, are badly needed in the investing space. We're starting to see that. We're starting to see it as a movement. But like Kasum was saying earlier, not just tokenism. We're starting to see people really recognize how diverse voices actually improve the way decisions are made and actually help funds improve their performance. We've seen that for a fact with women, women founded and women led businesses as well. So I definitely want to see much more of that, um, or much more equity, much more diversity in fund managers. Um, but also the kinds of funds and the way people invest, because like Kulsum was saying earlier, we invest not to be business as usual. Um, and this is something that we hold very true to our values that we don't want to just come in and invest like everybody else has. Yes, we want to make money. Yes, we want to invest in these founders, but we also want to do it in a way that represents us um, and that is able to sort of, uh, you know, help us get up in the morning and still feel like you can actually uh, say that you, you're going to be true to your values um, and how you walk in the world. So that's definitely something that, that, that I, I want to see and that I think will happen in the next few years. Um, the other thing that I think uh, what, what I would love to see more of and that I hope will happen also is value-based investing. So not investing for the hype of it, not investing just to make valuations go higher and, and have cash being burnt uh, and value being thrown out the door, but really investing in a way that is is providing value in businesses, building value, and then of course having uh, you know a, a 10x or more impact in in the way the business is actually uh, working with its uh, consumers or the impact it has on the world. So those are I think a couple of things that I would love to see and that I that I hope will happen in the next uh, you know decade or so. Yeah, I really hope that we never have to have a conversation about gender smart investing anymore because we are just gender smart, right? That would be amazing that that happens or that impact investment is just investment, right? That we are always creating value. And to Ms. Pez's point, I just finished listening to, um, I just binged a season by Bloomberg on something called Foundering, which was covering Adam Newman and WeWork. And it was so fascinating. And um, and it was so interesting because it was, you know, so much about it was about like, um, you know, the hype machine that happens, the smoke and mirrors that happens in the VC space. I mean, with SoftBank, just like too much money, right? It's like what happens when that happens. And what I would really love to see is more of a focus on like, you know, to Ms. Buzz's point about companies that really have positive unit, unit economics or investing what a company needs, not just inflating everything, right? And um, we're already seeing that happen even in Pakistan, you know, and I think that, um, I would really love for that to be challenged. I would really love for us to really genuinely have real accountability in this space. Um, and I really hope in 2030 that, um, that funds that operated from a value lens really were able to show returns that outsized or matched um, ones that weren't like 
that, right? To show that there isn't, you don't have to make a choice that it's actually just good business. And that's what I would really love for us to see. Great. Well, thank you so much to both of you for sharing your advice for entrepreneurs, your journey as fund managers, and for inspiring us to move the field forward. Is there anything else you would like to share with our audience today? Um, well, I would say, um, I think if you can find a partner in your journey, do that and, and, and the right kind of partner, because uh, honestly, this is hard. And there are days when Kusum, either Kusum or I want to sort of like, you know, we're on the ledge and then the other one actually is, is, is there for, for them and, and, and walks them off the ledge. Um, so I think having that partnership is, is really, really beneficial. And, and I would say, I know it's a luxury as well, but it, for people that can actually uh, find a partner, a true partner to do something with, I think that's, that's really valuable. Um, and it, it, it just adds so much more in so many different ways to your journey. So that would be my, that would be my suggestion. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's, it's great to have a partner, finding a partner who's truly value aligned, do the work to make sure that you guys are, because it really is like, as Ms. Ben, I talk about often, it's, it really is a marriage, right? It's like, and you won't agree all the time. So having the ability to talk things out is like super important. Um, I would also really recommend for people to get a coach. Um, I've had, and I'm actually rethinking about getting to re re-engage a coach again, but, um, I've had coaches multiple times in my journey, both with eye to eye and with the fund and, and Ms. Ben, I've worked with a coach as well. Um, it's been for me transformational to be able to have someone that really helps you step outside of yourself and, and really gauge your leadership tactics and style and how you come at the world is so often how you were raised and what you were raised around and the value system you had. And so that shows up in how you work, right? So the more aware you are of that, that also helps you lead great teams and build great companies and invest well. So, um, that to me is one of my best pieces of advice. It's something that's been been so important to me in my journey. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Jessica. It was really great chatting with you. Thanks so much, Kalsum and Ms. Ba. And thanks to all of you for joining us today. Stay tuned for our next episode featuring Kathy Goddard, CEO and founding partner of Fire Femme in South Africa. 